Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Get ready for Omyakon 2020! Drink blood, eat meat, pee in a can, Omyakon! I'm Sean. I don't know what you did when the 26 feet of snow fell, but I'll tell you what I did. I ran. I'm Andy. Well, now that the wash is done, you can just hang the delegates on Brother Lakpa there. I'm at. Premiering now in Canada, Toddlers on Ice! I'm Kelly, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about extreme cold. Oh, I thought you were going to say extreme Doritos. (laughs) That's next episode. So, etymologies here aren't very interesting. Cold is one of those that hasn't changed much. It's pretty much the same word it always has been. It didn't have a weird spelling like K-E-O-L-W-D. We got it right the first time. (laughs) It goes back to old German K-A-L-T, cult. Cult. Yes, cult. (laughs) You're there, cult. (laughs) And ice is similarly unchanged. It goes back to the Proto-Germanic I-S, which I don't know if that's pronounced is or possibly just ice. Ice. (laughs) Cult is. The fear of cold is frigophobia. <laughs> now, interestingly, this is one of those culturally bound syndromes. And I mean, Hawaiians aren't very afraid of the cold <laughs> at all. What's that, they say? <laughs> it's mostly found in China. Hmm. And Weird. in tr- traditional Chinese belief, it's caused by an imbalance of yin and yang. Hmm. That yes. sounds scientific. <laughs> and to rebalance yourself and cure frigophobia... A decrease in stress is required, and the following foods are prescribed. Oh, yes. I want to eat spicy foods. Chill the fuck out and have some snacks. (laughs) Chicken soup. Yeah. Classic. Turnip juice mixed with ginger and honey. Hmm. Okay. That could be good. I don't know what turnip juice tastes like. Red tea with ginger and sugar. Okay. Any food with yeast. (laughs) Bread, Any bread, food. Bread. And just eat yeast. And just generally ginger and chili peppers. Hmm. Okay. Also a space heater. <laughs> Some blankets. I made a ginger chili pepper loaf. <laughs> good. And people with this fear often stop going outside, cover themselves in blankets, similar cold avoidant strategies. Make, make a blanket fort, start playing with action figures. <laughs> it's July for Christ's sake. All right, so moving on to our acid pop quiz, we have some true and false for you today. True or false, the Inuit have over 50 words for ice. That's what I've always heard, or snow. snow. Ice and snow. Isn't snow just ice? Yeah, you can combine those for this. I'll say true. I I vaguely remember hearing that this was false because somebody was like, yeah, I mean, but like, they just sort of extended what the definition of snow or ice was, like water was one of them, and, you know, mm. but that's, I'm going to say false. I can see it being false, but, like, I, the way I've heard it described is, like, all the different kinds of ice. Like, it's not just one, 
kind, I guess. Many I kinds of ice. We'll, we'll say it's true. So this depends on how you define a word. Yeah. Oh, boy. Depends on what the definition of is. <laughs> is brr a word? <laughs> well, like, are read and reread two different words? Because if they are, then yes, they have over 50 words. But if they're the same word, then no. Yeah, because- we have three words for snow. <laughs> snow, snowing, and snowed. <laughs> exactly. That's sort of how it is. They've got 10 words for snow and like 12 words for ice, but it's a language with a hell of a lot of modifiers. <laughs> so, for example, siku means ice. Sikuak means small ice and refers to the first layer of ice that forms on a puddle or pond. Hmm. And it goes on from there. They get very particular, but they're just adding, you know, prefixes and suffixes. Well, I can go through all the different kinds of ice. <laughs> all I have to do all day is, is name ice and uh, swear revenge on Jared Harris and his boat. <laughs> no, they help Jared Harris. All right. During the North American cold wave of 1936, temperatures in Florida hit a record low in December, 45 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) That's seven degrees Celsius. Oh, my God. They must have died. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Was that that the question? That's the question. Is that true or false? Uh, False. I'm going to say it was colder than that. I've seen it snow there. Snow in Florida. I'll I'll, I'll say false as well because that that definitely seems like something that could happen. you're saying this is the coldest it's ever been in Florida? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it was a record low for December. At the time? Mm-hmm. I could see that being possible, but I've been in Florida with snow and ice. Brag I'm, about it. I'm going to say false. So this is false. They hit a record low of 51 degrees. Oh. Or 10 degrees Celsius. So it must be just the December or just that particular area of in Florida or yeah. the website was lying to me. You say they were as measured in the Florida Keys. <laughs> <laughs> that said, this winter was cold. It, it hit negative 58 Fahrenheit or negative 50 Celsius in South Dakota and negative 60 Ooh. or negative 51 Celsius in North Dakota. Oh, Damn. and it was windy. Yeah. At some places, yeah. it hit negative 100 Fahrenheit with wind chill. Oh, wow. my God. Get that's, out of the Dakotas. <laughs> that's negative 73 Celsius. Buffalo frozen solid. <laughs> they made liquid oxygen. It was so cold. <laughs> the Vulcana has arrived. <laughs> A lot of topical references today, Andy. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. Final true and false. Reheating someone with severe hypothermia can kill them. I'm going to say true. True. Yeah. I think that's just true. Melt. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. During what they call rewarming shock, <laughs> the capillaries that constricted due to cold all open up at once. Letting Ooh. all your blood out. Um, <laughs> your blood pressure drops oh. dramatically, <laughs> and the slightest jostling can cause you to have a heart attack. Oh, God. Poke? That's very frightening, Kelly. <laughs> I, I heard a story once about some people that like fell out of a boat. And I like, have that story oh. right here. Okay, well, go ahead. So in 1980, 16 Danish fishermen were forced to jump into the North Sea when their boat sank. I've heard this joke before. <laughs> <laughs> they survived in the water for an hour and a half. And I did some Googling. It looks like the North Sea is about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty cold. No? And then they were rescued by a passing boat. Hooray! Uh, they climbed on board, went down to the uh, galley where they were promised hot drinks and soup, and promptly dropped dead, all 16 of them. <laughs> oh. 
They said, we're cursed! <laughs> cursed! <laughs> Their skulls were found by a Danish prince. <laughs> Hamlet, Adam, that's another good reference. Ah, so you're just full of them today. <laughs> Moving on to our short answer. Aomori, Japan is the snowiest city on the planet. Wow. How much snow do they get each year? Hmm. All except feet or meters. How about feeders? <laughs> 200 feet. Oh, gosh. Wow. It's not all at the same time. The ground's way down there. I'm going to say 30 feet. 50 feet. You're all high. Oh, okay. It's, uh, We're all picturing a winter wonderland. <laughs> it is a winter wonderland. They get 26 feet or 7.9 meters. Sean was pretty close. Despite this, it's a thriving tourist destination with an international airport. <laughs> and they can find it. Well, that's the thing. So they get just 20 or so flights a day. But to ensure the planes can land, they employ 120 people to keep the runways clear. Wow. <laughs> See, but it's a, it's a kind of vacation destination where you can be like, ah, uh, uh, we can't go out trapped. We have to stay indoors today because we're snowed in. And that's the whole excuse. You think they need shorter landing runways if the plane just crashes into a bunch of snow? <laughs> like it just <laughs> pads the fall? Yeah. Well, what I can say is that a flight has never been delayed due to snow on the runway. Wow. wow. They have so much snow that the city has to haul excess snow to the bay and dump it into the ocean. <laughs> Get out of here. And they have those trucks run all winter long just what? hauling snow to the ocean. <laughs> so there's one there's one town in Japan that's busy like filling the oceans more. <laughs> I like to pretend I'm a river. <laughs> the snow generally starts in November and doesn't let up till April. Crazy. If, if, if Amori suddenly didn't get snow, that like hundreds of people would be out of jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I okay. actually have a picture to share with you guys of this uh, winter wonderland. And this is what's interesting about this is less like the extremeness of the image and just that this is what it, it's like for them every year. Like this isn't unusual. Amori, Japan. Give me an image. Some snowy pictures. Okay. There's a snow truck. Look at the look at the car in the in the snow trench. <laughs> and the picture we're looking at, there's a bus yeah, driving yeah, through we a, got. a chasm of snow that is at least two times as tall as the bus. Yeah, that's like two stories of snow. Yeah, yeah, and that's just you know morning. Yeah, that's just January. Just the whole town is a maze. You have to whisper, otherwise the whole city will avalanche <laughs> just everywhere all at once. Apparently, skiing is very popular there. I'll bet. <laughs> Sledding, too, probably. Certainly not frisbee. Or golf. <laughs> or frisbee golf. All right. Second question. In what country is the coldest village on the planet located? Greenland. Russia. Those are both strong guesses. I'm going to... Um, let's just... Let's split our bets. I'm going to say Canada. Yeah. Andy calls it. Yeah. This is the... Village of, let's give this a try here. Oh boy, Oimayakon. Huh. They have five hundred permanent residents. <laughs> the ground is permanently frozen. Tink, tink, tink. So they yeah. can't farm. Yeah. So they just eat meat. Um, <laughs> what does the meat eat? <laughs> Good question. At the outdoor, yes, outdoor market. All food is sold frozen. Yeah. No shit. With no refrigeration. <laughs> it's it's sometimes eaten raw. Uh, frozen horse meat in reindeer blood is a popular dish in <laughs> this village. I see even bacteria and viruses can't survive. There's nothing to worry about. Imagine that 
morsel melting in your mouth. <laughs> you're going you're to be surprised, but my tongue is stuck to my reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> so because it's so cold there, pipes constantly freeze, so they just don't have indoor plumbing. They use outhouses instead. <laughs> Who lives here? This place is getting more and more miserable by the second. And any cars they have have to just be left permanently running because if they're turned <laughs> off, they will not turn back on. If you go outside and pee, you can just see the ice forming up the stream. You just got to hurry. I got to stop. Got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the temperature there can also swing dramatically. So Between negative 10 and negative 15. <laughs> oh, well, just listen. In two weeks in January of 2018... The temperature swung from negative 88 degrees Fahrenheit, that's negative 66 Celsius, to 17 degrees Fahrenheit, that's negative 8 degrees Celsius. Now, that's from (sighs) below freezing to below freezing, but it's also a 105 degree swing. (laughs) In two weeks. At that point, like, would I even know the difference between those levels of cold? Yes. All your nerves have fried years ago. (laughs) I just, I don't. I can't comprehend negative 80 degrees. No one in this town has a tip to their nose. (laughs) I have two pictures to show you of this, uh, this beautiful village. Oh man. It looks like somebody was making a gingerbread house and then they had like a bucket of frosting and they just dropped it. (laughs) This other one. one Oh no. Oh God. So this is an example of what happens to your eyelashes there. (laughs) They freeze. I know. We'll just shave them off. (laughs) With a hammer. Tink, tink, tink. (laughs) Hi, I live in a frozen hell. Why don't you move? (laughs) Fuck off. I like it here. (laughs) Because I get to eat nothing but meat all day. Meat and snow. Meat and snow. Yeah, anytime you get those obnoxious people who are like, I'm a real carnivore. I only eat meat. You you can send them here where that's all they have. But it's frozen. How large is the largest snowflake Ever recorded. Oh. Hmm. Three centimeters. Uh, that's a little more than an inch. I'm going to say half an inch. Are you talking like a single snowflake or like the big puff balls that fall sometimes? Um, I believe it said this was an interlacing of multiple snowflakes that okay. formed a single f- snowflake. Hmm. 12 inches. Woo. Adam is the closest without yeah. going over. Wow. <laughs> Did it kill someone as it came down? <laughs> According to Guinness, 15 inches in diameter wow. and 8 inches thick. What? what? It's just a snowball falling from the sky. <laughs> I think that's just an icicle. <laughs> it fell in Montana in 1887. You can go visit the crater. <laughs> <laughs> Decapitated a man. <laughs> in general, they don't get larger than a penny. Moving on to our terms, what is paradoxical undressing? Oh, I know. Oh. I know this one, actually. This is like when you feel hot because it's cold, so you take off your clothes. Yeah, it's like the final stage of hypothermia. It's like the last thing that happens, you go crazy and you think you're too hot, so you strip off all your clothes and go bounding through the snow. Yep. And then there's a another stage after that where you try to find yourself a small hole or a stump to curl up in. <laughs> yeah. It's because you've suddenly realized you're naked and out in the elements. <laughs> oh, oh I'm, God. I'm indecent. I can't have a bear see me. <laughs> Yeah, you all got it. I figured you would, but it's a great term. Yeah. Um, 
So actually, they think they know why it happens, but they're not 100% sure. So they think that the blood vessels near the skin, which sort of shut down during hypothermia, suddenly all open up at once um, if your body gets cold enough, and that makes you feel really hot. Mm -hmm. And by then, you're totally delirious anyway. So it makes sense at the time. I'm a phoenix. I have to get out of these clothes. (laughs) What is frazzle? <laughs> Down in Frazzle Rock. <laughs> oh, Frazzle! I believe Frazzle drives a bus that takes children <laughs> on adventures. Miss Frazzle. Uh, it's when it's when you wake up to go to work in the morning and there's snow everywhere, so you can't go, so you're all frazzled. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a freezing drizzle. Mm. No, that's frizzle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So this is just a word for uh, thin, flat, circular plates of ice hmm. uh, suspended in water. But I thought it was a fun one. <laughs> like ice lily pads. What is the hunter's response? Uh, the hunter's response. When they are cold, they will find a larger animal, kill them, cut them open, and crawl inside. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's... Luke's response. Yeah, that's that's the Luke gambit. <laughs> Skywalker response. Uh, the a hunter's response is just a gunshot. <laughs> when all you have is a gun, it's the <laughs> expletive they shout when they eat yellow snow. <laughs> so this is a response seen in people to extreme cold, where blood flow to the extremities alternatively increases and restricts. Hmm. which keeps the fingers from freezing and keeps you from getting frostbite. This response is much stronger in people who live and work in cold climates. Hmm. And if you move to a cold climate and start working and logging or something, you will develop this response over time. Hmm. Okay. So doesn't that mean the blood's like moving like super fast through your fingers or something? <laughs> your hands swell and shrink by like three sizes. <laughs> well, I think what's happening is is those those blood vessels are expanding and then restricting again so that more or less blood can get in. And it's like a couple minutes on, a couple minutes off. If you get a paper cut, you're going to spray somebody across the room. <laughs> oh, God, like I'm a, I'm a Japanese samurai movie. <laughs> <laughs> While spinning around in a circle. It's dangerous when you're working in logging. A splinter. <laughs> You have two minutes. What is G-tum-mo? G-tum-mo? That's what Larry said. said, Get him, Mo! (laughs) Oh, that's really good. Uh, G-tum-mo. It's a Native American word. Yeah, for snow. (laughs) There you go. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> it's collaborative. It's a collaborative <laughs> response. We got it in one. If they're right, they only get half a point each. <laughs> this is a meditation technique used by Tibetan monks, and they can use it to raise their temperature. Huh. Hmm. And boil an egg on their head. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, they've been recorded as raising their skin temperature in their extremities by as much as 15 degrees. Wow. Oh. Celsius or Fahrenheit? Uh didn't say <laughs> by a unit <laughs> during this practice they can sit in near freezing rooms it said uh, 40 degrees fahrenheit or four degrees celsius be draped in cold wet sheets and dry the sheets with the heat of their skin the sheets would lit- literally start to steam wow who's doing this <laughs> tibetan monks Apparently, they have contests to see who can do the most sheets. (laughs) It's laundry day. (laughs) 
and if you do less than three, then you failed. Like wow. that's the minimum. You're no longer a monk. Get out. <laughs> so that's the last of our quiz. Let's move on to our stories. So I could have gone in a sort of, you know, Arctic explorers direction with this episode because there's lots of great stories of freezing and cannibalism and uh, boats caught in ice, etc. But if you're all interested in that, hit up the Caustic Soda episode on uh, doomed expeditions because they already covered it in, in a lot of depth. It's one of my favorite ones. But I am going to hit on one of the expeditions in passing because I want to come at it from another perspective. So the Franklin expedition was led by John Franklin, leader of two previous failed Arctic expeditions. <laughs> we'll get there. One of which left him and his fellows eating their shoes to survive. <laughs> Delicious. They, they'd laugh when I invented chocolate shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Made of nothing but beef jerky. <laughs> so this expedition was lucky number three, and he had two ships, the Erebus, named for the Greek god of darkness, mm-hmm. and the Terror. <laughs> and they were going to go out and chart the Northwest Passage. Yes, you do. Now, what exactly happened to them is still debated. Um, <laughs> AMC figured it all out. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big angry polar bear <laughs> monster. So the ships definitely got frozen in ice that failed to melt according to schedule. Their provisions may have been bad. Hmm. I guess uh, that same provisioner got in trouble a few years later for provisions that went bad in like weeks and months instead of, well, it was canned food. So instead of years and years. Hmm. Yeah, they. Um, uh, I can't remember if it was ever like proven or not, but of like uh, lead poisoning possibly in the. Yeah, and they may have gotten lead poisoning as well. We do know that they definitely ate each other. (laughs) What interests me about this story, though, is what we do know about the Franklin expedition in any detail comes from Inuit oral history. Hmm. So they actually tried to inform an Admiral Ray of what they'd seen. And to his credit, he believed them. (laughs) Hey, you Uh, got an idiot out here. (laughs) They were like, so we saw all these idiots eating each other uh you might want to they looked like you um i mean they were five feet from our tent we we saw them but we steered clear of them yeah they're eating people for crying out loud so he got back he went back to england and was like well franklin and his fellows they all ate each other and uh send more ketchup (laughs) england didn't take it well um (laughs) they just said oh that's the ravings of savages uh no less than Charles Dickens came to the defense of the missing sailors, spouting a numbers of theories of what actually happened before settling on the possibility that they'd actually been eaten by the Inuit. Ah. No um, proper English gentleman would eat another proper English gentleman. <laughs> they were set upon by three ghosts that taught them the meaning of Christmas. And then I don't know. Say a famous fictional author will set us straight. Quoting him, we believe every savage to be in his heart covetous, treacherous, <laughs> And cruel. Charles, no. I'm hungry. So there's Dickens for you. So what did the Inuit see? Well, picture this. You just told me not to trust them. (laughs) No, I told you Dickens didn't trust Ah. them. I don't trust Dickens. He was a little (laughs) uh, purple for my taste. A little Ah, judgy. I I had such great expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So picture this. You're settled in your cozy Arctic hunting camp, resting for the evening. The men are out hunting. Then eight emaciated, strangely dressed figures stumble toward you out of the dark. Uh Why am I not out with the rest of the men? (laughs) (laughs) You're sleepy. (laughs) I'm too sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Does my culture have a word for zombie? <laughs> they don't speak the language. They're disoriented and unresponsive. Zombies. But there's been rumors going around the Inuit communities about people like this, strange men starving on the ice. And you've heard that they've been seen carrying human meat. Zombies. <laughs> so this is an actual story um, that has been passed down through oral history. And in fact, they invited these travelers in <laughs> and tried to get them warmed up. The men weirdly refused the food they were offered and spat out the seal meat they were given. <laughs> huh? They also refused to do any trade. Started taking <laughs> off all their clothes. <laughs> you just want all my people fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so when the men returned to camp, the uh, Inuit group made a decision. They built the strangers an igloo, <laughs> left them with three whole seals, and got the hell out of there. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> We're just going to go. <laughs> Hanging out with the weird white zombies just didn't seem like a good idea. White walkers. When some of the band returned months later because they'd left some stuff in their hurry. We're getting the band back together. <laughs> they found the men dead. The seals were untouched, but the people had been eaten. <laughs> munch, munch, munch. The seals did it. And uh, the Inuit were apparently right to have worried about their encounter with these zombies because many of them died from diseases they caught as a result of these encounters. Mm -hmm. Which is the same stories we always get with this All contact. you did was make that igloo a cannibal thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... Like, I was just struck by like this series of incredibly generous gestures oh. these people <laughs> made to these weird, scary strangers. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't imagine they have much opportunity to be nice to outsiders. And now they had to waste three seals. <laughs> I mean, if it's an igloo, wouldn't they have kept? <laughs> I guess that's true. The seals are probably fine. I'm not going in that place. It's haunted. Yeah, it's super haunted. Heck, the if they guy? had been uh, from the Franklin expedition, they might think they'd accrued extra meat from the <laughs> encounter. <laughs> All right. So now I want to move on to a few famous blizzards. Hmm. Nerd blizzard. <laughs> yeah, there's the Reese's Pieces. That one's always good. <laughs> so the worst in terms of casualties, does anyone want to guess which country it hit? Well... Antarctica isn't an option. Well, that's, that's not going to be very many casualties, is it? <laughs> oh, casualties, yes. <laughs> One bird. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was a place that was completely unprepared. Uh, Cuba. Hmm. I want to say it's America, but that's probably me being arrogant. <laughs> we have the most casualties. <laughs> I'm going to say Britain. It was Iran. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Yeah, they're probably not prepared. Probably caught them very off guard. <laughs> It hit in 1972, and it basically blanketed the entire country in snow and continued for a week. At the shallowest points, the snow was three meters or ten feet deep. Wow. Where it was deep, it was eight meters wow. or 26 feet. Jesus. Entire villages froze to death. So I bet you the roofs aren't exactly rated to hold 25 feet of snow either. Quick, knit some Afghans. <laughs> all in all, between 4,000 and 5,000 people died. Jeez. Wow. And there's really no details on this because I guess... <laughs> there were no survivors. <laughs> <laughs> no one to talk about it. Well, imagine just how shitty that terrain is like you have that much snow and under that is loose sand yeah 
Yeah, the places with the most deaths were mostly the, like, southern arid areas. Like, the more mountainous areas did okay because they'd seen snow before. <laughs> Sky salt! <laughs> <laughs> now, two blizzards from 1888. The first is referred to as the schoolhouse blizzard or the school children's blizzard. <laughs> okay. That sounds Be- fun. Yeah. <laughs> Snow day. Snow day. (laughs) (laughs) Because it killed so many school children. (laughs) So uh, this storm hit the American Northwest uh, in the afternoon of an otherwise warm January day. And it was completely unexpected. Some teachers were smart enough to have their students hole up in the little one-room schoolhouses. But others... Just sent them home. Run, please, run, children, children. Please. <laughs> The Lord is angry. <laughs> in some recorded cases, parents set out toward the school in search of their kids, and their kids set out towards home, and everyone died. Oh, God. <laughs> well, uh, at least no one was left to be sad. Yeah, tied up all the loose ends. One boy, according to the papers, was caught in the blizzard for 22 hours. The boy had his feet frozen solid to the ankles. He walked a mile in this condition, and his feet then gave out, and he crawled half a mile to his house. Uphill both ways. (laughs) If his feet were solid ice, he should have just skated home. (laughs) Yeah. He did survive, but he lost both his feet. Yeah. They're somewhere back there. (laughs) <laughs> I, I took a hard step off of a curb and they shattered <laughs> 235 other people did not survive wow where was this this was in the southwest huh. it was across multiple states and this was you know school was sometimes six or seven miles from home oh. and so the kids had a long walk in the blizzard and the school buses were never on time. Yeah. <laughs> I had a stupid thought when she was like, a blizzard suddenly hit. I was like, why didn't they look at the forecast? Idiots. <laughs> Farmer's Almanac or something. The second in 1888 is generally called the Great Blizzard, and it hit in March, and it hit the Northeast. Hurricane-level winds and Ooh. snow drifts covered buildings to the second story in New York City. Nor'easter. <laughs> 15,000 people were stranded in the city's above-ground trains. In the spirit of capitalism, other residents with ladders offered to rescue them for a minor fee. <laughs> ladders! <laughs> get your ladders here! Guy on stilts just wandering through. <laughs> At the time, telegraph lines, water mains, and gas lines were also located above ground. Mm. Sure. They all froze. Hmm. I mean, uh, if a telephone line freezes, is that the end of the world? It seemed to imply they didn't work after they froze. (laughs) I guess maybe they... Oh, no. Maybe they shattered afterwards. You get a big, heavy (laughs) snowdrift on something. Yeah, it might knock them down or something. Over 200 people died in New York alone, and another 200 were killed in neighboring cities and states. Wow. When they started rushing in trying to bring their ladders. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why New York has a subway system. (laughs) True story. Huh. They were like, you know, these above ground trains, problems. We need some place for our chuds to live. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you saw a mole die in a blizzard? <laughs> All right. So for our last stories, we're going to talk a little bit about freezing to death, but not really. Hmm. Sounds Can okay. those Tibetan monks do that too? <laughs> well, the weird thing about the cold is that it kills you. Yeah. But as we learned from frogs, some creatures can freeze and remain just fine. Sure. And sometimes those creatures are humans. Uh, oh, yeah. True. So. Babies do it. <laughs> and Xenoman. 
1994, a two-year-old managed to wander outside into the Canadian winter. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> she got outside just fine, but couldn't reach the doorknob to get back in. Oh, well, no. Baby's going on a constitution, eh? <laughs> <laughs> she spent five hours outside in negative 22 wow. degrees Celsius or negative 7.6 degree Fahrenheit weather. And when her mother found her on the porch, she described her as frozen solid and not breathing. Cool. Terrifying. Looked like Jack Nicholson from The End of the Shining. <laughs> her body temperature was 14 degrees Celsius or 57 degrees Fahrenheit. <sighs> and yet the doctors managed to revive her. <laughs> she lost the lower part of one leg, but otherwise remains healthy. Mm. You got a little freezer burn on your baby here, but we can defrost her. <laughs> <laughs> Just pop her ear in the microwave. <laughs> what did I tell you about rewarming shock? There's <laughs> your Canadian healthcare system at work. <laughs> so a similar event happened in 2001 when a 13-month-old Canadian toddler wandered out to the backyard when temperatures were similarly chilly. Keep track of your babies, Canada. <laughs> yo, yo, Canada, can we? Yeah, can we talk about your toddlers for a second? <laughs> what the heck, babies? Like, you see videos of dogs that run outside when it's all cold out, and they'll run right back in. Why aren't the babies that smart? <laughs> Their brains work real slow. It's like, by the time they figure out it's cold. So she was found curled up in only her diaper, Ugh. with her feet frozen solid and no pulse. Ooh. She was declared clinically dead, but doctors managed to revive her with no long-term effects beyond severe frostbite. I will be tying Autumn to the crib in the future. <laughs> And for this reason, I guess rescue workers suggest trying to revive frozen people, even if they're dead, yeah. because you never know. <laughs> they keep really well out there. Yeah, I've heard that, like, you know, as people get older, this still happens, but it's less likely. But yeah, something about babies, like under the age of three. Like, I, I remember one story where, like, a baby, like, slipped into like a pond or something. And it was like under the ice for like five minutes. And then they got her out and. She hadn't breathed in five minutes and was like ice cold and they took her in and warmed her up and she was fine. Gave her some soup. Yeah. So that's all the stories I have. How about your stories about extreme cold? Oh, let's see. I've never been any place. Well, we, we, we get into the negatives here every once in a while, but it's usually it's like, oh, no, it's negative one. I'm just staying inside today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we lived in Chicago for a while and like... You know, Chicago is an okay town, but there's just too much weather there. I, I don't, I don't know the conversion, but like the coldest I ever experienced there was, I think, negative twenty, and the hottest was like 115. Wow! And it's like 135 degrees of weather is just too much. It's At too least it range. wasn't 105 degrees in two weeks. Yeah, but yeah, I remember on that day when it was negative twenty, I was going out to my car, and it's like. Ice is different once it gets that cold. Like when you scrape yeah. off your window, it's not like a gentle like – it's like chiseling solid stone off your car. And I'm out there and I've got like long johns, two sweaters, two coats, gloves, scarf, <laughs> hat, and glasses. And like every time the smallest piece of skin was exposed to the cold, it felt like like I was stabbed. Like it was so incredibly cold. And it then, hurts to breathe when yeah. it's that cold. And then, like, I'm out there trying to dig my car out and thinking I'm going to die. And I look up, and there's just a pigeon just <laughs> hanging out, you know, looking around. No big deal. Yeah, I did boot camp up around there, and that was probably about the coldest weather I've ever experienced. Um, when I was living in 
Colorado for a while. That was during the polar vortex that we had oh. a few years ago now. And it was a rental house we were in, but it was older. Pretty much all the glass surfaces were single paned. Oh, so I had you'd wake I'd wake up in the morning sometimes during the winter to uh, water dripping on my head because <laughs> the window was right above my bed and the sheet of ice that had formed on the inside of the glass was dripping on me as the sun melted it. Did one of your roommates lose a laptop because of that? Yes, he put his laptop <laughs> under one of the windows once and the window drained on top of his laptop and ruined <laughs> it. the back door frosted like the handle frosted over like completely. And that's. This is all not including the fact that at one point we were fighting with sticks <laughs> and broke one of those windows on the back door. And I don't think I don't know if that ever got fixed while we were living there. So during the polar vortex, we, we like nailed a blanket up over the back door, try and keep the cold out a little bit. See, I'm sitting, we're playing Borderlands on Xbox Live, and I'm just like, yep, yeah, we can't go out the back door. Doorknobs frozen shut. <laughs> Probably my stupidest cold story as when i was a kid in ohio which it got pretty cold there too me and a friend were like i don't know 10 or 11 and we went we rode our bikes to a park to go sledding in like the middle of january and it's i don't think it was below zero but it was below zero fahrenheit but it was it was pretty cold and we were sledding for a little while and then that got kind of boring and down the hill was a creek and the creek was frozen over and so we thought we'd go check it out and so we we're like walking across this creek and my friend that i was with goes i wonder how much it would take to break the ice and he just starts stomping on the surface of the creek <laughs> that's good and i'm like what are you doing and i start <laughs> running back for the shore and i just hear this <laughs> behind me and then the ice gives way and we both plunge into the creek like up to our knees in the in the water and, you know, this is before cell phones. It's like, we have no choice. Like, we've got to get home. It was probably like a mile and a half or two miles on our bikes. So we go back up, get on our bikes and ride home. And we made it okay. But then we went inside and our pants had frozen solid on the <laughs> ride home. And so we had to stand in the bathroom over the heater and wait for our pants to thaw so that we could take them off. Look like cool disco pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not a very exciting story but one of my regular experiences of cold because i lived in michigan and uh, chicago both is i have very long hair and when it is cold um and my hair is not perfectly dry it freezes solid so <laughs> i can give myself a mohawk if i just want to point it upward awesome and that's really uncomfortable having <laughs> frozen hair well, during the the polar vortex, it's the only time I've ever experienced like walking some somewhere and like ice forming in my mustache just from the, yeah. my breath. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know why you guys moved to all those cold places. I hate the cold. Colorado yeah. wasn't all that cold. It was just a freak weather thing. If, if I could keep it like seventy eight all year round, we'd be perfect. Ugh, <laughs> too hot. T too hot. Uh, it is a little warm. Sixty something, <laughs> I think, is my preferred. Yeah, sixties is good. I say nah right now, but the second it turns like 50, I'm going to be out there with no jacket on like. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, you kind of picked a weird place to live then because Reno's cold like nine months out of the year. But my apartment's not. <laughs> uh, I remember shoveling the deck in, I think it was Boston, and it got so, it was so cold there that you'd see like ice crystals like floating in the air. I think it was just like the moisture in the air freezing. Oh, I remember a story I was going to tell. You were talking about that thing that, people who work outside get where their blood vessels like 
contract and open to keep their fingers warm? Hunter's, Hunter's response. Response, yeah. Um, my dad always tells a story about how he got that when he was in like high school or just out of high school. Like he got a car and he needed to fix something on it, but it was like parked outside and it was the middle of winter. And he spent like three or four days just like underneath the car working on stuff. And it was just freezing. And because, you know, it's really fine work, he couldn't use gloves. So he was just barehanded. And he said for the first like few days, his hands were just like painful and cold. And then like after a couple of days, like his hands were just fine and they didn't get cold and they didn't hurt. And they stayed that way for years afterwards, according to him. He could just like never had to wear gloves because his hands are always fine. Yep. That's the hunter's response. All right, let's move on to what are your morals worth? I think this one is obvious. Give me a dollar per degree. <laughs> how much to live for a year in Oymyakon, Russia? Oh, God. A year. No. Can I have the money beforehand? <laughs> Can I so be I the richest just... man in Oymyakon? Yeah. You have to live the Oymyakon life. How many rubles? <laughs> Do they have like electricity and stuff out there? They have electricity. But not indoor plumbing. Drink blood and eat meat for a year <laughs> in the cold. It might be good for your diabetes. Uh, it's terrible for my gout. <laughs> I'd have to bring like a bushel of apples or something because like there's no carbohydrates in meat. But you don't. You also don't need a refrigerator. You just toss those apples out into the snow. Well, there you true. go. My compost pile never does anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That just sounds horrible. An yeah, entire sounds- year. It sounds like a hellish experience. So, oh, people man. lived their whole lives there. Yeah. Do they have internet? <laughs> I mean, if I don't have to leave the house. Grant that you somehow have internet. Oh, good. Does it, so, that means that uh, Amazon might deliver there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Amazon delivers. Take a few years. <laughs> uh, 500,000. I think that's as low as I can go. I'm surprised. That's lower than I would go. Yeah. <laughs> Negative 88 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say a million. Make it three. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about how cold it got. Make it $3 million. I'll, I'll eat the meat and drink the blood, and I will be indoors on the internet with the heater blasting. Yeah. I'm not even going to drive my car, but I'm going to keep it running. Three space <laughs> heaters pointed directly at you at all times. Oh, uh, Like... You tell yourself you're going to stay inside that whole time, but you're going to have to go outside for something. If nothing else, you have to use the outhouse. I'm just going to pee out the window. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, you let the cold in. <laughs> I will use a, a coffee can, and then I'll do one of those videos like where I toss my pee out into the snow and all turns into snowflakes. <laughs> Yellow snowflakes. Uh, I need like a heated airlock just to get outside. <laughs> Don't poop in the pee can. <laughs> uh, Seriously, it's the outhouse that gets me. Like, imagine tromping outside through the snow. Imagine having to, like, out, outhouses aren't, like, insulated or heated or anything. Like, you're going to have to pull your pants down in that outhouse. It's a hole. Well, I feel like at that temperature of cold, it doesn't snow anymore because there's no moisture that can get into the air. It's just too cold. Like, it's like in, in, in Antarctica. It doesn't snow yeah. there. Well, it's like how the coldest weather we get around here is when it when there's no cloud cover. Oh, and I forgot to mention, uh, they have... You know, they're far north, so you get three hours of daylight part of the year and 22 hours of daylight the other part of the year. not leaving the house. Good. <sighs> My seasonal depression. <laughs> You'll get seasonal elation during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this sunlight. It's only negative 22. <laughs> How warm does it get there? 
Oh, I don't have that. Hmm. It did get up to 14, that one. The ground is permanently frozen, so I don't know that it gets all Hmm. that balmy. Yeah, they can't grow anything. It's permafrost. So we can assume that the highest it ever gets is like 31. I imagine it gets above freezing, just not long enough to, or intensely enough to to really thaw the ground. I I think I can match Sean. We'll do 500,000. Ah, five million. (laughs) Not a penny less. (laughs) And I know my wife's not coming with me. <laughs> Bye, honey. Have fun. She's going to find a new warmer husband. <laughs> All right. Thank you to everyone for joining us this week. Thank you to our totally cool editor, Gerard. You can find more content from us on Instagram or Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast. You can get in contact with us by Reddit or email acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, it's cold out there. Bye.